Max, I liked when you started it. When I you started it. You had a it. really good voice for Welcome to Peace of Us podcast. Do I have the radio voice? I did not. Have, you do have a radio voice. The radio voice. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Peace of Us podcast. I hope everyone's having a great day today. Great start to December. That is your host, Max the Pettit. Max the Pettit. <laughs> Does that make me Aaron the Pettit? Aaron the Pettit. And I'm Crystal. I don't think the, the Pettit. The Pettit doesn't You didn't tell already. Yeah, I don't think that works. We have Hallie in our special hey guys. guest. Hallie the Pettit. Hallie, not the Pettit. Oh. She's also known as AKA Hal Pal. <laughs> One, two, yeah. three. Did you get married or something? No, oh, just, okay. it's just not the pedant. Yeah, oh. she doesn't like the in there. It is, does kind of sound weird. <laughs> Maybe just Hallie. Yeah, just so, Hallie. We're so excited to have you on our podcast, though. Yeah, this is my yeah. first time on here. When we were like getting ready to start our podcast, we were kind of making a list of like who we'd want and that different what thing. What kind and of ones we wanted to do. You were at the top of our list. Really? Oh, I'm so glad that you're on here. And I'm not in yeah. here till what, the third episode? No, this third, is fourth. Fourth episode. Oh, oh fourth. <laughs> it's okay. That's we, nice. we wanted we to have you best. first, but you weren't available. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Hallie's a busy girl. She's a schedule. <laughs> She's got I, the office to run. Yeah, I have everything and nothing going on at the same time. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? I feel like when you <laughs> don't have a lot going on, but then you can feel so busy sometimes. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting, but okay, well, this is our first December episode, so we are kicking off the holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. And we are really looking forward to our December podcast because we have some really good topics and some things that are really important to talk about and to raise awareness about. So Hallie is a huge advocate for mental health awareness. And she has spoken out about her own journey, but has also helped so many people out just with their own. So many people DM her, message her, and she is just an amazing help. That doesn't mean fill up her inbox because now she's going to be like, ah. Yeah, it's already full, guys. (laughs) But I love that you're so open about it because I feel like for the longest time, mental health wasn't talked about. And it was almost something that people put shame around and people feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm broken and it's not the case. Yeah, I'm so happy that the media has opened up to talking about mental health. It just, I mean, specifically for me, it makes me feel not as alone because obviously I struggle with depression and anxiety and yeah, it's nice to see on Instagram a post like you can do it or don't let your mental health get you down today and like yeah all of that stuff I love that so one of the things um actually let's kind of start a little bit back when did you notice that you had depression anxiety or do you feel like or was there a point well okay let's start I I'm trying to think like where to phrase it from starting I don't know is there a point when you knew that you had it Um, I was in denial that I had depression for like so many years. I think the first time that I noticed was when I was 11 and I actually went back and I used to have a little journal and I'd be like, I have a crush on this boy and (laughs) I love this teacher. This is my favorite class. But I also wrote about my, it was actually my 12th birthday 
And I was like, I just, I'm, I'm not getting it this year. Like, I don't feel happy. I don't want to celebrate my birthday. And I don't think I told anybody, just my little journal entry. And that's where I could really pinpoint where it started. So 11 or 12 years old, that's really young. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, well, a couple things were said too when you would come out and talked about it. And they're like, but you're not adopted. You didn't go through foster care. You didn't all blah, blah, blah. You don't have this terrible childhood. Like, why is that something that I feel like people feel like you have to go through something major to have depression and anxiety? What is your experience with that? Um, I hate that stigma so much. It's like you have the perfect family. You have all of this and all these amazing siblings, blah, blah, blah. But that's not that's not a factor. You could have everything. You could have all the money in the world and still feel sad at the end of the day. Still cry yourself to sleep, all of that stuff. Like, And I think a lot of celebrities experience that just out there. And they are put on this pedestal and they have these, you know, what seems like perfect lives. But... It's not really what plays a factor. I mean, it can play a factor in some people, but in others, there's other things going on, like chemical imbalances, just different things that didn't stem from trauma or hard times or those kind of things. It's just something that I feel like it almost makes it worse because I know you had expressed to me, like, I didn't want to tell you, I didn't want to say something because I didn't want you to feel like it was your fault. Or I didn't want you to feel bad, like, oh my gosh, I have this terrible life, like I'm depressed, like that wasn't the case. And it was kind of a hard thing. And it made me really think about, okay, looking at it from an outside perspective, it can make people not want to talk about it. And I know there's so many people out there. Um, there's actually one recently that committed S. I can't say the word on on, on this, but um, and they had beautiful kids and an amazing wife, and it was actually a husband. And he was so depressed, but he was too afraid to talk about it to his wife because he felt like it would make her feel like she did something wrong or feel bad for her. And so, was that really hard to kind of? come to terms and talk about it. Yeah, it's almost like this overwhelming guilt. Like you don't want to share your problems because you feel like everyone that you share it to is also going to have to take on that problem. And it's easier to like isolate yourself and be like, this is my problem. I'm going to figure it out myself. I don't want to cause trouble to all my family. And then that just makes it worse because the more you isolate, the more you're stuck in that rut. And then it So on the other side of things, though, because I do think there are some moms watching this who maybe have have a kid that's going through depression and maybe doesn't want to celebrate their birthday. How would you get her to celebrate her birthday? Or because I know you guys would always go to like um, paint. Uh, I forgot the paint shop was, but yeah, you always go to do that. Or is there certain things they could do or certain things that you found worked better than others to help her through that? Or so. I will say that I I struggled in the beginning understanding anxiety and depression because it wasn't something that I had gone through in particular. And so to have a child going through it, it's really difficult as a mom because you're like, well, if I just make them laugh or if I just go in there and like spend time with her and if I just and I kept just trying and trying different things and I felt like everything I was doing, I felt like I saw you spiraling farther down. And it was kind of a struggle because I'm like, 
why does it just making somebody laugh help depression? And I think and there's moments where it can help in that moment. But then I feel like, did it feel like it comes like rushing back after or did that help those part of it? Um, well, for me, it was easy because I had always put on a front. I I was just so bad at being my real authentic self. I was constantly just like, yeah, I'm happy. And then I'd go to my room and I'd cry. And and I want to say that is the number one thing I feel like that is the, I guess, the stigma out there is if somebody is smiling and laughing, that they're happy inside. And that is not the case. Some people get, especially that go through anxiety, depression, get so good at putting on that mask and looking like they're the happiest person, but behind closed doors is not the case. And so from a mom, I was trying all these different things. And I'm like, you know, this isn't working. This isn't working. Because I would see, I would see it. I was, uh, there's moments. Yeah, you've when, told me you recognized it. Yeah, I would see you smiling and laughing. And then the second like someone wasn't talking to you or you thought someone wasn't paying attention, it was instant sadness in your face. And I started really paying attention and seeing those moments and seeing what made it worse, what made it better. And I was like trying to analyze on the back end of it. I feel like I grew up um, as one of the younger kids, but I had older siblings who were really wild and out of control and police. And, and then there was a lot of contention going on around me. And so I sat back and I was very much a people watcher. And I would analyze things that were going on and people's face expressions and how they really felt. And so I feel like that really helped me kind of analyze you in a way. Um, but it wasn't until going through treatment, going through different counselors, really talking about, um, I read some books, I was doing so much research, like, how as a mom, can I help her? And one thing that came up in everything that I researched was let them be themselves. And so when you would express a lot of times, like you would express like, Hey, or I would think like, okay, doing a big family activity together. Like, that's fun. Everyone loves family activities. But for you, because if it was a crazy family activity or there was a lot of screaming or a lot of people around and it was, it was so much, that wasn't your happy place. And so last year for your birthday, I'm like, what is your happy place? And you're like, I want to paint. I want to spend one-on-one -on -one time. I want to go and do this. And I want to just do things that I enjoy. And so I feel like that's what we did last birthday. And it really took a while, though, to realize, okay, let's do just what makes you happy. And sometimes it's on smaller scales. One of the ones I remember in particular is we had had a family meeting and you had said, um, or no, we had just had a busy week. And, and this was my first aha moment, but we had had a super busy week and we were in a family meeting and I was like, okay, we have this going on. We have that going on. We have this and we just have such a busy week, guys, and blah, blah. And like, to me, that's fun. I don't know. I love busy weeks, but um, you had come to me in my room afterwards and you had been like, mom, I'm having really bad anxiety. What do you mean we have a busy week? Can you list that out for me? Can you put times? Can you? And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, busy week. Yay. In your mind, you had to be like, no, I need to know what that looks like. Yeah, I actually, I remember that conversation. I think the first thing I said to you was, you can't do that. 
you did. I was like, you cannot do that. You cannot just dump all this information and expect me to just like take it in and be like, okay, we're doing this, this day, this day, this day, this day. Like I need you to be specific and like plan it out with me. Yeah. So we sat down and like planned it out and I think that helped. But again, I think it's so hard because everybody is completely different. And all mental health, you know, looks different on everybody and everyone has different interests. What would you say helped you out the most with like either anxiety or depression or both? Um, I know journaling was a big thing. I need to get back into it. That was actually my New Year's resolution last year was Aww. to get back into journaling. But I felt like getting all those thoughts out like onto a page like, so that it's not just, like, sitting and festering in my mind. Like, if I got it all out onto paper, I felt significantly better. And I didn't always do it because sometimes I just wanted to sit and be sad, which is weird. You get into the motion of just sitting and being sad and being okay with it, which, I mean, it's not completely healthy. But that's just what I was going through, and I just... Do you find that music hurts or helps? Like, when you listen to music while you're sad or do you just sit there or i would assume it's the right type of music but if you're listening to um upbeat music when you're sad it doesn't fit the mood but it does help you get out of that cycle if i sit and i listen to sad music i'll be sad for hours because it's just reinforcing that oh we're sad oh i like this music oh we're sad oh i like this music and then it's just this cycle. You just keep being sad if you keep listening to sad music. Yeah. So it's just reinforcing that. Yeah, because I know a lot of people turn to music to feel a certain way or something like that. So Yeah, if you're sad, don't listen to sad music. <laughs> <laughs> I think that going back to what you had just said um, before the music thing, Hallie, you had talked about, you know, when you're feeling sad, like maybe just sit in that emotion for a minute. And I know that's something that the counselor or the therapist was talking about is a lot of times we have this misconception that we have to be happy all the time or we have to be this way all the time. And it's not what makes us human. Like we're supposed to feel sadness. And you had come to me and you were like, I just want to be sad. Like I just want to sit and I want to vent to you why I'm feeling this way. And we just sat in that moment and you cried and I cried. And like we had this like, you know, this moment where I was like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel that way and be in those emotions. And you don't have to put a fake smile on and put this mask on. And then you know, we can move on and move to a different emotion. It's okay to be mad. And it's okay to feel all of those and live in those moments. Because I think it's when we push those down and act like they're not there is when it hurts the most. Yeah. And backtracking a little bit, I didn't know that you were watching me. Like every time that I was like when I was really in it, I didn't know you were watching me. But that's because I was so used to being alone in my own head. So for anyone out there that feels like they're alone, there is always someone watching over you. That's so true. I would notice like, you know, your room would be clean or I would help you clean it. And then I would notice when it was spiraling that your room would get really messy. And that was my first sign that I'm like, okay, 
We're going through something. And then um, that again, it was hard to put all of this to words because as you're going through it, it's easier, you know, after the fact talking about it than it is in that moment. What would you say your bet or your biggest advice would be to someone who is struggling out there? Um, I think the biggest thing is just to know that you're not alone and that there are other people that feel exactly how you're feeling. I love that. No, just reach out. Always reach out. I think dad was the first person I talked to. I was having a really rough night and I told him exactly what I was thinking. That was and scary. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared coming to you because I were you scared of my reaction or were you just? I was just scared in general. I had some scary thoughts. I mean, I told you them. Yeah. And yeah, it was, I was just scared all around. Do you feel like when you're going through, like, and you're in a bad point in depression, that it's something inside you tells you not to tell, not to talk about it? Or what were you feeling on the inside? Yeah, there's, there's always that thought that's just like, like I said, just deal with it yourself. It's your problem. You don't want to burden others. And I think maybe that's just part of my personality is I'm just like a really caring person. So I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to bother mom and dad with my problems. They already have enough going on. But yeah, a lot of the time it was just, you know, I could do it myself, but it got to the point where I could not do it myself. It was just, it was so bad. What were your thoughts, Erin, when she came to you that night? So I, like you, I struggled, um, learning that Hallie was struggling with anxiety and depression. Um, cause I didn't understand it at first. I, and maybe I still don't fully understand it. Um, it was, it was really scary for me because <clears throat> like as a parent, you want to protect your kids and, for my child to come to me and say, you know, that they were having these thoughts, you know, it was, it was really scary for me because I've heard a lot of stories of other parents going through a kid committing S and I just, I was thinking to myself, like, how did we get here and how can I fix this? And I wanted to fix it so bad, like so bad but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know who to go to. And she came to me. It was probably like, like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was two late. In the morning. But I knew you were up. I was up. <laughs> I was I was up playing video games and she came to me and, and it was just, it was a real gut check moment because I was like, you know, you want everything to be okay. And clearly it was not. And so for me, it, I wanted to wake you up so bad. Yeah, you had told me the next day. I uh, I got I, I got you to, I think, a good spot. I mean, you and I sat there and talked for probably another two hours. Yeah. I mean, it was like three o'clock in the morning, and I think we were both exhausted. Yeah. And finally, we went to bed. And then, you know, in the morning, I told you, but it, it was tough. It, it was really difficult for me. And I think for a long time after you told me, I still struggled with trying to help you and trying to understand what you're going through because I mean thankfully I've I've never felt that way but I think recently I have been like c- 
coming into Christmas right now. I, I want this. Normally, December is like my happiest month. And my birthday is in this month, Christmas, you know, and I have so many kids and I love seeing smiles on their face. But it's like over the last couple months, I, I don't know, I feel myself kind of going down and I, I feel not as happy as I've normally been. And so I think now and just recently, and this has been happening for you for years, like I, I'm just finally kind of understanding like what it means or what it, what it feels like. And I, yeah, I really hope that whatever I said or did in the moment was helpful. And I'm curious yeah. if what I said or did in the moment was helpful, but I'm honestly not sure. All I remember was telling you. And then we talked for a little bit. I don't remember specifics of what we talked about. Yeah. But I, th I think it did help. I mean, I was able to go to sleep and, yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk about the holidays then, because I know um, Hallie has expressed that holidays can be kind of difficult sometimes. Erin is kind of feeling that this year. And so what do holidays, well, what I know holidays can be happy and great, and it's actually my favorite time of the year too. What were your thoughts, though, around the holidays and when you were struggling? How, what did that look like? Um, for me, I did not like the holidays. I know it's supposed to be happy. Yay, Christmas. Yay, everyone's getting presents and spending time with family. But I just wanted to be alone. Like, I think my depression hits really hard during the wintertime specifically. And I've actually, I've done some research myself because obviously I wanted to know, like, what was going on with me. And I learned about seasonal depression, which is when the like, you have depression, but it's really bad towards the holidays. And I think that's what you might be going through right now, Dad. Um, and I hate that for you. Like, <laughs> sorry. Aww. We did put tissues next to you just in case we needed it. <laughs> I, I, I may need those myself. <laughs> Hallie's such a sensitive soul. And, and she always has been. And she just wants everyone around her to be happy and everyone just to be in a good place. And so when she sees other people struggling, it's really difficult. And I think because you can know and understand what people are feeling or going through. Yeah, like I want everyone to be happy during the holidays. Because personally, for me, like, I've been going through it for years. And obviously, I'm still finding ways to cope with it. But, yeah, it's difficult. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Let it out. Let it out. It's okay to feel that emotion. And it's okay to be in that emotion. I was sitting, uh, scrolling through TikTok the other day, and I... I somehow ended up in the like a serviceman or service woman that was deployed comes home and like surprises their uh, yeah. sibling or, or something. Oh, and I, so I'm like flipping <laughs> through this for like an hour. And then one TikTok came on and it was this girl, her friend had had a baby and it was her first time meeting her friend's baby. And then she was like, here, this is my baby. And I named and she said the name and it took a moment for the girl to realize like 
the baby was named after her her friend. And then oh, she was just like shocked, and I just bawled. I was. Yeah, I look over. Just, he's I was crying. Just in tears. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I'm on a TikToks, and it's so touching. <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet, but okay. So during the holidays, what what did you enjoy, or what do you enjoy, and kind of what makes it a little bit better? Um, for me specifically like just for me i know not everyone's gonna be like oh yeah this is my favorite thing i really love decorating gingerbread houses oh because you're so good at it because my hobbies i used to be like so into drawing and i say used to be because i don't really do it that much anymore but i loved drawing and just like putting hard work into something and making something like beautiful so gingerbread houses have always been my favorite even though now that I'm allergic to gluten, I can't really eat them. <laughs> I mean, I do anyways because it's gingerbread houses. Come just, on, <laughs> just eat everything but the but the house. Yeah, just like lick the frosting. Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was definitely my favorite thing. I look forward to it every single year. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The other thing, well, this is the first year that Holly isn't at home for the holidays. Um, though she lives down the street, she's pretty much home. <laughs> uh, but I missed it this year when we were putting up all of our Christmas trees because so here was Holly's here. <laughs> her thing is she would sit back and watch everybody decorate the tree because all the kids get so excited and they're putting on ornaments and they're, you know, putting all this stuff everywhere. And then um You'll notice, though, that Hallie just sits back and watches. And then as soon as everybody's done and they kind of start to walk away, she goes and rearranges all the bulbs or the ornaments (laughs) and makes sure that everything looks pretty and is perfect. And this is the first year that I've missed you because I'm like, where's Hallie to come and fix all these ornaments? (laughs) I literally did that when you were setting up that tree. Yeah, I remember when she was sitting back, just waiting. And I was going to fix a few things before we started, but. It needs a little bit. So we have a tree in between <laughs> us at the podcast for those of you who are listening. And yeah, Hallie fixed some of the bulbs <laughs> before we started. But she, yeah, she just loves this decorating. She just has an eye for it. You have an eye for like just, you know, looking symmetrical. Yeah, I always pay attention to the small details. I, I do that every single year. I didn't I know, know that you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, well, and I mainly missed it this year because you weren't there to do it, and I was like, oh, I need to call Hallie to come over and tell her that the kids decorated the tree. My bulbs need to be fixed. <laughs> yeah, because you'll always get like a million, like on the bottom row, because of like all the shorter kids, like they can't reach the top, and so then the top will be like kind of bare, and so I'd get like a little um chair or a little ladder, and I'd like put them on top, and I'd spread them out more, and I'd just even it all out. Yeah, I, I love doing that with the Christmas tree. Yeah, Hallie makes the trees beautiful, <laughs> for sure. So one of my biggest pieces of advice uh, for parents out there and just kind of near the holidays, whether you have a child going through that or not, Aaron just put on a funny hat next to me, um, but make sure that you're noticing the little things about your kids. And I think because there's so many of us in this world that just feel alone and you feel like nobody notices or nobody cares or all of those little things, but make sure that you're pointing out those little things that you notice. And now more than ever, I make sure that, you know, when I see a kid just walk by and so, well, 
even um, Lucas yesterday, he just walked by and was like, hey, Logan, like, I really love you. Do you need anything? Like, and it was such a sweet moment that I made sure to Lucas, like, you're such a good big brother. Or I noticed that you did this. Or, and it doesn't even have to be anything big. It's all the little things, like Hallie being able to decorate the tree <laughs> when the rest of us can't do a very well job on it. But um just noticing all those little things and make sure that you're telling your kids that because like Hallie said, she never knew that I noticed the little things. And I think that that's something that I could have done better growing up um, as she grew up, just telling her all the little things that I love about her and all the little things that I'm constantly noticing. And and I think sometimes it takes a kid, like once you moved out, I really noticed and because there's just things that I was so used to and it was kind of just our daily lives that I didn't really be like, oh my gosh, like I miss, but all the time I'm doing stuff and I'm like, oh, I miss when Hallie was here because we used to say this. Hallie would have said this when, you know, this kid did that or this. And so just notice all the little things and make sure that you're telling your loved ones and those people around you about that. And even coworkers at work or just different things, like just anybody you interact with, make sure that you're uplifting and telling them how important they are, especially cashiers right now and in the food industry. There was a waitress the other day when we were sitting at one of the restaurants, and you can tell she was having a really rough day. Like she was kind of short with us and she was quick to like, I don't know, she didn't even do our drink refills. It was just, she was struggling for sure. And, um, and uh, towards the end of our dinner, I looked over at her and I was like, you are doing an amazing job and I want you to know how much I appreciate you in this moment. And she looked over at me and she just got the biggest smile and you can tell she didn't really say anything, but you could tell she was like, Finally, someone notices that I'm trying my best. And I think a lot of us, it's it's hard to notice. You know, other people are we got so busy in our own lives that we struggle with telling people exactly what we're thinking in that moment. And I think that we all need to work on that. I know it's something I'm working on, but tell people. Or like the lady we keep uh, meeting in Walmart. And oh, every time we see her, she slowly and slowly gets better and better. I know. That was That's so awesome. sweet. So there's this lady and she's a viewer of our YouTube channel. And the first time I ran into her in Walmart, I'm not going to say her name, but I do know her name. I've memorized it. But the first time she was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. And she started crying. And she said she was really struggling. And we just, you know, listened to her and she was just so sweet. And and then we kind of parted ways and kept shopping and whatnot. And then Max and I ran into her actually when we were buying this tree yeah. for the podcast and all of that. And she's like, do you remember me? And I was like, yeah, I do. And um, I didn't remember her name, though. But she told me again, and now I remember it. But she was like, I was in such a bad place the last time I saw you. I just cried. And she's like, but now I'm in a really good place. And she was smiling, and she was happier, and her demeanor was so much, you know, her spirit was lifted. And so I feel like, you know, she just needed someone to talk to in that moment. And sometimes it just takes certain moments to start turning someone's day and even life around, depending on the the situation. Yeah, be kind to people you don't know. Because you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, what through. they're going through. It's so true. Yeah. And be kind with your words online because I think – so let's talk about social media really quick <laughs> because I feel like in social media, a lot of people can hide 
um, what they're feeling inside or what they're going through on in their own lives and take it out on other people on social media. And so a lot of times they call them keyboard warriors where they can stand behind comments and different things as anonymous and and just put things out there. But in real life, they are not. They're usually not happy or they're struggling and they're just projecting that onto other people. And so what is your experience with social media, Hallie, and what advice do you have? Um, I think social media is super powerful. And like I mentioned before, I'm so glad that the media is picking up on talking about social, not talking about social media, talking about mental health on social media is really important. And it's also important to remember, like, there are people behind that screen. And people are reading your comments or reading those messages that you're sending us. I know um, a few of the kids were sharing with me that they've gotten some really not nice messages or just people straight up bullying them. And it's so disrespectful. Like, we're people too. We are humans, every single one of us. And the people behind the screens need to be more kind. Definitely. And not just just to us, just to everybody. And I feel like even so a lot of people, especially Instagram, always put out the best pictures or they have filters on them or they Photoshop Photoshop the background or and I mean, I'm guilty of it. Obviously, we all do it. But I feel like sometimes that can make people feel bad about their own lives or Mm -hmm. bad about themselves because they're like, oh, but I'm seeing these people with picture perfect lives out there. And why is my life not look like that? Real life is not like those pictures, guys. It is not that, that is all. the best parts of your life that you post. Um, and it was your five seconds yeah. of the day where you looked good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you that's go through a million real pictures. app made it so popular so quickly is because it's oh, be real, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's an app out there called Be Real, and it basically goes off at random times, and you're supposed to take a picture, and it takes a picture on your front camera and back camera. So it shows what you're doing. It shows exactly what you look like in that moment. There's no filters. Or no. <laughs> yeah. It's a scary app, but it's reality app. And I actually really love it's just that. about being real. Shout out to be real. <laughs> <laughs> so Hallie recently, I'm really excited because she has started her own YouTube channel. Yes. And I'm so excited to watch your videos and your perspective on everything. And I mean, you've done been doing videos with Ariana and you've been doing stuff, but I really excited for you to do this channel all on your own because I feel like we're going to get to see the the true authentic Hallie. And she was talking to me earlier about some of her video ideas and some of the different things that she has some coming up. And and I'm so excited for them. I'm so excited because you're really taking it. And she's even doing all the editing herself, too. So it is truly 100% Hallie. Yeah, my channel is 100% me. And I'm just super excited to create for all the lovely fans that followed me over from my old channel, Crazy Duo. And if you're not following her, go pause this really quick. Link will be down in the description. Go follow also. her. The channel is just called Hallie Pettit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she has some really exciting content and some things that I really feel like are going to make a difference in this world. And you are such an inspiration. You're so brave. 
And I'm really proud of you for being able to speak up with what you're going through. It took so much courage for you to come to dad that one night and explain and be able to put into words how difficult your struggle was on internally and be able to put that in words. I can't even explain to you how courageous that was. Yeah. And how many people's lives you have touched and affected from that and from being able to speak out and inspire other people. What, real quick, and then we're going to wrap this up, but what coping skills have you learned along the way that have helped you become, I don't know, who you are today? I get this question a lot, and I feel like my answer changes every single time because <laughs> I'm not just like, oh, today I'm using this coping skill. Like It's kind of just become sort of my routine. Um, something I've been practicing and exercising a lot recently is getting in control of my breath and breathing. Oh, interesting. I've heard that's a good strategy. Yeah. So if I'm having like a panic attack or if I'm just like like super duper sad, like going through an episode, I'll just remember like what I can control in that situation. And it's not always my chemical imbalance in my brain. I can't exactly control that. But I can control the way that I'm breathing or how many breaths I take in a minute. And that's just really helped. I'm just like, okay, step back, take a deep breath. And I've been doing it a lot recently and it's it's really helped. Do you like count your breaths or do you just like take deep breaths? I just become super aware. Like, okay, I'm breathing in and breathing I think out. it's the breathe in the mouth or and then nose and out no, through the mouth. Yeah. Well, if I've like been that. crying, I can't really breathe through my nose because, <laughs> you know, snot. But <laughs> but yeah, just getting just being super aware of those breaths that I'm taking. It really helps and it really brings into perspective like I am here. I am in this moment. I'm in control of the situation and yeah. Did it help for you to get a diagnosis? Um, I mean, well, not just with like depression, anxiety, but you were diagnosed with PCOS. Did it help to get that diagnosis or did it make it worse? I think everything that I've been diagnosed with, because <laughs> a, a few things, depression, anxiety, PCOS, um, learning that I'm allergic to gluten, like all of it is just steps on my journey to healing. Because I was in a really bad place and I'm in a totally different place than um, where I was before I was diagnosed with like all of those things. It's just so nice to have answers. And it's not just about like, oh, like I want to I want to be depressed. Like I want that to be my diagnosis. Like it's just clarity. It's like when you're sick, like if you know that you have the flu, then you could take medicine to fix you're cold. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to identify the problem. I love that. That's powerful, though, that it's a step on your journey to healing. I yeah. love that. That is amazing. And I feel like it was the case, even with just some um, other things that we have going on. Once you get answers, sometimes it feels like, okay, 
Now we know the problem. Now that's the next step in this whole thing, because I think when you don't know you have it and you're in denial and you're spiraling and you're like, no, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to talk about this. It's going to go away on its own. We're just going to make it through it. Like you start feeding yourself all of those thoughts. You're not healing. You're actually spiraling, spiraling down more. Yeah. I used to think of all those diagnoses as like, oh, there's another thing that's wrong with me. Oh, there's another thing that's wrong with me. And I've come so far from that mindset. Like, that's just me figuring out who I am and how I'm living life. Like, I honestly, being diagnosed for a little bit did make it a little bit worse because I was like, oh, there's another thing wrong with me. I do have problems. I am broken. But once I took a step back and like the mindset that I have now where it is a part of my healing process. I'm figuring out how to be me and how to live my life and be my most authentic self. And I think that w- that's what makes you so special and so unique. And I think that with what you're choosing as a career path with like a YouTube channel, that that is going to help you inspire and help other people and help a lot of people feel less alone. And yeah, I hope that I can give people like me a voice and understanding and more clarity and just a look into like what I've been through and maybe how you guys can deal with it like whatever you're going through it doesn't even have to be depression or anxiety like just knowing that you know this is what's happening to me right now and you can't always control the situations that you're in but you can control your attitude and it actually took me a long time to understand and accept that because I'm usually just like like another bad thing happening to me but I mean you can't control it it happens and you just have to adjust and you have to overcome and adapt I heard a saying the other day that I loved but it was um, situations don't happen to you they happen for you and I think that that when I heard that I was like oh my gosh like it's true like everything that I've been through has happened for my greater good. Like it's something to be learned from it. There's some kind of lesson. There's something that I can take away and help somebody else out with it. And so I loved that saying. I will say for me as a parent, getting your diagnosis, it wasn't the diagnosis itself, but it was the fact that we were in touch with a therapist that could hook us into other resources, right? So going to a therapist and being able to say, this is an issue that we're having troubles with. How can we address this issue? Whether it's, you know, referring us to a book, referring us to another therapist, or referring us to a a specific type of doctor to, to focus in on whatever was, you know, causing or helping to cause those issues for us as parent or for me as a parent, that was really helpful because when you did first come to me, I, I was very ill-informed. I didn't know you know, in a lot of situations, what to do and how to help you. And so as the journey went on, I, as a parent, acquired a lot of tools and a lot of knowledge that helped me to help you. And and that's that was really helpful for me. And it made me feel less, um, it, it helped me to help you. It, it helped me not feel like I was, like failing you, you know, and that, that for me, that's always been one of my rough struggles is I'm very hard on myself. 
And so when you started struggling, I wanted to immediately blame myself. And I know you didn't want me to. Yeah, anyway. that's exactly the opposite of what I wanted <laughs> you to do. There's nothing you did. It, but it, going through the journey, you know, of everything that we went through, I was able to to identify that, yes, I was the cause of this. I do have the ability to help. And these are the ways that I can help. And so if, you know, I think if your child's reaching out to you and you're not knowing what to do, reach out to a professional, get a therapist's help, just make a phone call and ask the question like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Where can I go from here? And just get the process started because I know your PCOS I, I think when you got that diagnosis originally, it was really hard on you. I, I think that was actually a, a, a downward spiral for you really bad because with that diagnosis, you didn't know if you were ever going to be a mom. You didn't, you know what I mean? And and so you had all these rough emotions and thoughts going on in your head. And, and so to get that diagnosis, I think that was really tough for you. And like for, mom and I to like stand next to you and, and re, you know, reassure you in that time of you going through that. We had already been through a lot of stuff. And so I, I felt like a lot of the tools and a lot of the, the coping mechanisms that we had learned through the process, it really helped us to help you through that time. Had you gotten that before and we didn't go through what we, it, it might've been really tough. And, and so and don't dismiss their feelings. If someone is coming to you and saying, hey, I'm feeling this way, don't dismiss it. Like, oh, but you should be happy. You don't have anything to be sad about or you don't blah, blah, blah. Do not dismiss someone's feelings when they're coming to you with them. I think life um, gets very hectic and very busy sometimes. And so when somebody comes to us with that, it's it's hard to embrace that and all I want to say is just take it as a sign of this person thinks that you can help them and they they trust you. And so take that trust and help them back because that's what they're looking for. All right, Hallie, do you have anything else that you want to say or? Um, I just want to say that I, as someone with anxiety, I'm also an overthinker. And so I literally thought of every single situation of how, like, telling you would go. I thought of every single reaction you could have had and just, like, everything. And I know that as a parent, you want to protect me, obviously. And it's hard to protect someone from themselves. It's so difficult. And I, like, shout out to all the parents that... Like, obviously, you're going to make mistakes. Not every parent is perfect. And don't strive to be perfect. Just strive to do your best in that situation. And I think that's exactly what you did. You did everything that you could for me in that situation. And I'm so grateful to both of you for helping me and listening to me when I told you, hey, I am struggling. So, yeah, just to all the parents out there that might have kids with depression or anxiety or even ADHD or like any other um I, my mind went blank I don't know what to call it ailment any other diagnosis yeah. or struggle yeah. any other struggle um 
just do your best. Listen to your kids and don't dismiss how they're feeling. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Peace of Us podcast. Make sure you guys go follow Hallie Pettit on YouTube because she will bring you along her journey as she is still figuring everything out. (laughs) Great. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for watching. Peace. 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 Yeah, we have to hug you, Holly. (laughs)